It's the Jubilee Small Podcast. It's Tuesday the 15th of November 2016. Hello, Lauren Clark. Hello, Stuart Farrell. Stuart Farrell, hello. Hello now, Lauren Clark. Did you really just, it's almost Christmas, us? Well, it is. It's, we enter the second part officially today of uh, November, which um, gives us just over two weeks until we hit December, and it's, uh, December is when it starts happening. The music festivals begin. Um, summer officially starts. <laughs> Please. I mean, it's going to be a stinker of a summer, apparently, anyway. And, you know, the Christmas party season starts, too. Ah, so, now there. That's, that's where. You know, you know who shines in the Christmas party season? Stand-up comedians. No? Oh. The freelance community, Stu Oh, because we don't get invited to any. if you're any. freelance, no, because if you're freelance, mm. you get invited to lots. Because you contribute to this, you do that, you work on this, and it's like a year. So it's like any work you've had since, like, January. Uh. But you're not, like, working for lots of people. You're not really freelance. You just work from home. (laughs) Let's be honest. Sorry to rain on your parade, but if you don't have more than one client, whereas if you you work for lots of different people, then you get invited to lots of different Christmas parties. And, in fact, I have seen it argued that it is a little bit much to kind of expect the freelancer to Mm. go to all of the parties because you – uh, because you know others are paid to go to Christmas parties, yeah. whereas freelancers are not. And so, but freelancers kind of luck out. Is luck out bad or good? It's the, it's it's the opposite in America. Well, luck out's good. It means you get lucky. Yeah, well, in America, hey man, it's the opposite. Out. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was very confusing when I lived there in Boston. I thought luck. Um, yeah, jeez, you're so- giving that Bella work over this morning. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Clark, yes, yes, we, yes. We we have neglected one very important thing. How how yeah. dare we? Well, and that is because the sponsorship yeah. department has been working overtime and we have a stupidly small podcast sponsor this week, Lozzie Clark. What? And, uh, as overtime. It's been working at all, you mean? Well, yeah. They turned the lights on in the office and got going. And what's happened, <laughs> unfortunately, was, yeah, is they sent through some incorrect information uh, to us for the Monday oh, uh, edition of the show. Now, no. I got a message from our dear friend down at Melbourne Polytechnic who are putting on the Grad Show 2016 show. Opening night is one week away today, the 22nd. It will be all happening down at uh, the bar on 160 High Street in Paran, building U Level 2, mind you, Mm. um, at 6.30. Now, a couple of corrections from yesterday's. uh, Fantastic. Fantastic. (laughs) I I ask anyone, they said that was a fantastic plug. (laughs) They want to really think that it is the best sort of sponsorship that anyone can get in the media. Just ask anyone. They're fantastic. Now, Lauren Clark. (laughs) You are a little bit Trumpy. You're just just a little bit on the Trumpy side for my liking, friend. Oh, well. Yeah, anyway, continue. uh, Melbourne Polytechnic. You are left wing. Now, Melbourne Polytechnic. Is that supposed to be an insult? Well, I'm not, no, no, I'm, I'm not reeling from it. I must tell you, <laughs> Melbourne no. Polytechnic. You, you tell us well, about the thing. Well, the left are getting a kicking, aren't they? Yeah, uh, that is true. They are getting a, a bit of a kicking, and I think, and I'm sure you agree with me, as you do, that they are getting a deserved kicking. Would you not agree with that? Ah, uh, that's a complex question to ask in the middle of something that you're supposed to be plugging, Stu Farrell. <laughs> Good way of getting out of it. Now, 
in yesterday's program, Lauren Clark, we yes. said that we said that Melbourne Polytechnic mm. was part of uh, Swinburne. Now, uh, Lauren Clark, can I, it didn't ring as, as true to me either when I was saying it, but I thought I it must be because of the, the High Street Paren. Uh, I thought no, I'm connection. so out of it. I'm so out of it. I must have I, I, my days of being a young um, student who knows about these things are yeah. long behind me. Yeah. No, it's nothing to do with uh, Swinburne at all. No, what it is, Melbourne Polytechnic <laughs> yes. is formerly known as NMIT, which is the Northern Metro Institute of Tech. Ah. Right? Swinburne is not affiliated. Okay, so I noticed you a couple of times were mentioning Swinburne. I was like, oh, Lauren, knock it off. And the show, <laughs> the grad show jerk. 2016. Such a jerk. The grad show 2016, Lozzie, yes. is uh, the students from the Paran and Fairfield campuses. Showing their work. So the, the creme de la creme right, of yeah. photography students and photographers right. are showing their works. It only happens for a few nights. It starts Are you sure they're photography Tuesday. students? It's not like a medical school or something? Honestly, did you check any of these details no, at all? The, the, it's the annual graduate exhibition. Yes. Okay. Grad show 2016. Opening night next yeah. Tuesday, the 22nd of November at 6.30. The exhibition will run right through to the 27th of November. Open every... Day from nine to four between them. One sixty right. High Street Pran. They are this week's stupidly small podcast sponsors. We'll give you some more details later on. Maybe I'll give you a little tidbit now, Lauren Clark. Remember we had a, sub, a, a segment called Tidbits. Something like that. Didn't, didn't we? last very long, did it? It lasted uh, all right. It all right. Tidbits, I think, turned into shiver me tingies or stupidly bin. <laughs> so I can't even remember. <laughs> anyway, continue. If you, ladies and gentlemen, mm. put on your shoes now and start walking to One Sixty High Street Pran because. Mm. On opening night next Tuesday, free drinks. Oh, had it confirmed. 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 Ding that. <gasps> keep it dinging. I mean, it, oh. uh, the free drinks train uh, rarely pulls into my station, and <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think it's well worth mentioning and getting excited about. But thanks to those guys, Melbourne Polytechnic, all the students uh, are on board with us because they understand new media. God bless them, and we'll uh, let you know more details at the end of the show. Now, Lozzie. Yes. I. Uh, I didn't mention to you yesterday that I took possession mm. on the weekend of some new furniture. Now, God, you're just all about buying the furniture, aren't you? Well, I've been lucky. Constantly in fact, buying the furniture. Well, anyway, yesterday, yeah. I bought a lovely, I must say, lovely antique uh, table that was uh, no more than about two feet high, and it. Uh, it had a, a tabletop of a, only about fifteen centimeters squared, just mm-hmm. to hold a plant on. But it was such a nice little piece of timber tabletop that I had to uh, get it, and uh, it is sitting proudly in my house. But anyway, it's in next to people you and I. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes, I see. I don't see the point of using milk crates anymore to hold up my uh, possessions. <laughs> I've gone. I've graduated past milk crate. In oh, fact, I don't own I've a milk graduated crate. past salvos now. Do you know? Th- I don't think I've ever owned a milk crate. Oh, I had milk crates from A to B when I was younger. Like Did I had you? tables yeah. made from milk crates. I had yeah, all my right. records in milk crates. My well, bed, I think, was had held records up in milk, yeah. sh- milk crates, didn't they? Well, I think yeah. milk crates would have been about fifty percent for milk and fifty percent for people's records. Well, surely. fun fact: you know oh, that yeah. uh, the milk company. In fact, changed the design of the milk crate to stop DJs from flogging them. So it wasn't Kidding upon a time. Me. No, the milk crate was the perfect size to hold wax, and then they designed it so that it was just a 
fraction smaller. So you couldn't fit in a 12-inch or full-size album oh, vinyl. That uh, is a great so, story. Yeah. So you had to have put them on an angle and they were useless. So then, oh. as a result, the old-style milk crates became very sought after. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Were, were almost uh, used as uh, some sort of a, a commodity. Anyway. Buttering kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So there you go. There's uh, today's water cooler tidbit, courtesy of the Grand <laughs> Show. May not be true. This is, the man, <laughs> this is the man who thought that NMRD was Swinburne. But yes. Not affiliated whatsoever. It's the Northern Metropolitan <laughs> Institute of TAFE. Now, well, yes. uh, yes. I've gone and bought the furniture. Okay. A lovely, right. yep. uh, what would you call it? A, a, a TV table, for instance, I think it's called. Right. And a new couch. Right? God, yeah. Well, bear in mind. Our, no, no, this is great. Oh, I love it. Well, our other couch I just, was, I, I remember you getting something for your TV not long ago. No, we like ordered it. Years back. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, but I bought that on eBay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't fit in your boat. I bought it as a specific piece for a specific right, house. Okay. But I'm not a wastrel. So you call them pieces. See, this is what I mean. You're just a different human. You. It's just funny that you think that... I don't know. I, f- I find it interesting that you're not like into the arts because the way that you appreciate some things. It's not dancing. No, I love photography. The way, the way you you appreciate the sort of aesthetic of things like furniture and like food and stuff like mm. that. It's just it's interesting. It should food. Be, <laughs> anyway, okay. So you you went to where did you buy them? If you no, didn't I'm go, not. Oh, I'm this not is the mention, place you told us about not, where you went. You went in. You were the best customers right. ever, and they were that's all super right. impressed well, with you because that's you, right. yeah, exactly them. Pieces yeah. look fantastic. Now, <laughs> there is one little concern, Lauren Clark, and I was looking at my new couch, and it's got what what one could describe as a a, a badge attached to it. So maybe the size of a 50-cent piece down on, a, on the bottom corner of it, that, an exposed back, because it's an L-shaped couch, where a very large portion of it is actually exposed. It's not against a wall. Right. And on that part of the exposed back of the couch, it has, yeah. uh, we'll just say it, we'll call it Stan's Furniture, right? Yeah. A silver Stan's Furniture badge sewn oh, into the fabric no. of the couch. And no, I, this is like the this is like the person who fixed your car all over well, again. I, I mean, I I thought I had a look at it and I said I don't think this comes off. Anyway, so I was looking at the complaints, uh, you know, the productreview.coms and all that to see if it had been mentioned and, and it hadn't. So I rang the customer service of Stan's Furniture. Yeah. You know what customer service said to me? What did they say? That I don't know what to do. Ring a shop. That was wow. their level of customer wow. service. Ring a store. We wouldn't know what to do with that. I don't know what you're talking about. I rang the shop yeah. that I purchased yeah. it from. Lady on the other end of the phone was very nice, very accommodating. Sounded freaked out because she's like, let me go and look in the shop at the other one. Yeah, there's one there. I don't know. That is not coming off. I Do not take it off because then you'll have holes in your <laughs> furniture. How did you not and notice said, it well, in the shop though? Well, I didn't inspect the back of the couch looking for a, a sewn-in badge. Mm. And I said to her, it's not like a television or electric company that, you know, they badge their stuff. Yeah. That's all they do. This is the couch. Yeah. I said, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it looks terrible. In fact, the hole would look better than right. this. It, 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 it looks so tacky, it isn't funny. God. And I said, what can you do about it? Can you send me a, a fabric swatch or something and I can attempt something? 
No, 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 we can't do that. The only thing I could probably offer you is a, f a refund. And she said, I'd have to ring up. I said, has anyone complained about yeah. this? And, of course, yes, we just had someone else the other day with a leather couch who had the same problem with this oh big, stupid God. badge sewn into the furniture. Now, can I? Can you take a I picture? I want to keep I the couch. Take a picture. Oh, but you don't want to because it identifies. No, oh. that's right. And so what I've had to do, Lauren Clark, because I don't want to return the couch. It's, it's too much of a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rigmarole. It's annoying. Is fashion one of uh, my housemates' uh, fancier scarves into now what – one could easily just term a couch scarf. <laughs> so it sort of drapes down in a nice folded pattern and looks like it is supposed to be, you know, like a – I don't know about you. Well, I'm, I'm actually guarantee I know about you that you do not watch the flipping uh, shows on television. I don't even know what that um, means, <laughs> that sentence. <laughs> you know, what do flipping? you mean? Uh, it's, oh, you mean, oh, well, you mean like – Grotesque Americans buy cheap oh, houses right. in uh, depressed yeah. areas. And uh, renovate them cheaply in the most part, yeah. in the main, and flip them for a profit. And all they talk about right. is profit, right, right, profit, right. profit. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. It's really ugly. It's capitalism anyway, on TV. Yeah. These flip, oh yeah, these flippers, as they they, they describe yeah. themselves, uh, always uh, have a um, just just a staging. That's right. what it's called, where they dress the house up for prospective buyers. Okay. And so. I, now it looks like I have staged my own lounge room with you, this specifically placed oh, scarf. Stuart, that, knowing you as I do, that is going to annoy the hell out of you for the rest of your ownership of the couch. You're going to be so wanting right. to put that on that exact angle, your housemate's scarf, on exactly the right angle and mm, never move right. it. And then if somebody ever moves it, you're going to... You're going to over-explain. This is what you do. You get overly embarrassed and over-explain huh. to people who couldn't care less. Oh, uh, so that's, right. a, that's a badge from the, uh, the place that made it. Oh, this is not relaxing. No, you're so right. And now I've got this lovely couch. Oh, I quite enjoy it. It's very comfortable. It fits the, the space beautifully. And uh, it's got this garish logo hanging up. I mean, who logalizes a bloody couch? Who logalizes a couch? So what is it colourful? It's silver. It's chrome. It looks like a Chanel couch or something. It's stupid. Oh, but wow. anyway. Okay. So thank you to that company's, uh, what do you call them? Not current affairs. Um, <laughs> Public complaints department. Complaints department. The most, uh, they were disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and just a, a side note. Yeah. If I'm getting a dog door put into my house, oh, right, into go. a massive pane of glass, so yeah. it's got a few hundred bucks worth you've got to pay for these things. Right. Wouldn't one expect yeah. that said dog door, exposed to the elements, would in fact be not guaranteed like a, a lifetime guarantee, but they could tell you and reassure you mm. that it won't leak? Like, and I don't mean rain came in, coming in through the flat. That's going to happen. Right. But I mean like... They they take out your whole door, glass door, yeah. cut a massive hole in it, and, and, and put in a, a dog door, right? Like but a they, pl they, like plasticky kind of one. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a round, clear thing. Yeah. And they can't even guarantee that they're going to make it waterproof. What what, what has happened with standards in this country? <laughs> I can imagine that that would be a conf that would be a thing though, where someone would go, but that's not waterproof because there's water on my floor, and you go, no, but there's going to be water on your floor because I don't. I expect there's water a hole to come in, in your door. That's right, but I don't want it to catch and have like this, you know, rank water just gathering inside a little plastic thing that's sucked onto the door. Do you understand 
where I'm getting sort it. of. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to become like this water trap feature okay. and just dribbling yeah. out slowly and going brown. It, what <laughs> ever happened <laughs> your, to service in this country? Your perfect house. Well, you know, it's interesting. I I used to work in a essentially a complaints department. Mm. And I and I I quite liked it. It was one of my favorite jobs that well, I've ever had. You, well, because you get to listen to other people whinge. No, because of the human psychology of it. Like we would have very frustrated people come to us, and and where I worked was a place that is famously bureaucratic and a pain. Mm-hmm. It was the Faculty of Arts at the University of Melbourne, f- four hundred years ago, right? Yes. And and people would, you know, say, oh, my God, you know, and I, I went and I did this and then I, you know, they'd come in and they would just be so ready mm. to think that everything was going to be a problem. Yeah. And I was good at my job, so I was <laughs> able to... Is that so ding? Because any time I say anything that, like, pumps up my own tyres even remotely, even if I was good at a job 400 years ago that took only human instinct not to be an idiot, mm. I need to ding it. Um, this is the case. It's a preemptory ding. Anyway, I, I said, I, I, because I was good at, good at it and so were the people that I was working with um, at this particular time, there was this one woman and she just hired a bunch of sort of young actual students who actually knew what the system, how annoying mm. it was. And so someone would come to us and we'd go, oh, yeah, I totally get why you totally. feel like that. And we would, you know, we would we'd we'd explain what the rules were, and we would we people often came to us all full of like air, just like furious, like they built this up in their head or whatever. And nine times out of ten, it was a matter of like not being the person that spoke to you on the phone and said, "I don't know, ring a shop." Mm. Like actually being the first point of call, going, "Wow, that is really." That is really bizarre. I'll look into that for it. So that the the ninety nine percent of it is you feeling heard. So it's showing some faux concern, but not even faux concern. Just going, just going. Okay, I see your problem. I, re- I repeat it back to you so you understand that I see your problem, and you and and I can explain to you. Here's what we can do. And sometimes people still would get frustrated or whatever. Um, but you remember you and I, we sp- we've spoken on the podcast before about the fact that when you and I worked in old media Ugh. together, <laughs> we, we uh, used to get contact from the outside world. So people who listened, who mm. listened would contact us and quite often they'd contact us on social media. And when people contact us on, contact people on social media, as we've discussed, as everybody knows, um, you know, social media people people are sort of at liberty on social media to behave like turkeys, yeah. right? Um, well, I think there's a t- to a lesser extent that exists in real life. And what you used to do to them on social media was, if somebody behaved like an out and out turkey to us, you would respond to them and and mm. like a human. And nine times out of ten, what would they do? They'd apologise or back down. Exactly, at least. back down, apologise, say. Say, oh, I was only, I was only kidding, or whatever. Yeah, that one person who um, wrote a really nasty letter, essentially saying yeah. that she loved you and uh, the other person we worked with, but hated my guts. I don't oh, remember that. that was a handwritten letter. I remember it. Uh, and uh, so I found the person's address uh, f- through <gasps> means. I don't think you should be telling this. I know. I wrote back and just said, you know, um, wow, you like know, email address, I, email, email, yeah. 
Right, I God. think. And, <laughs> and I went round to her house and I set fire yeah. to her hedge. Well, I considered the hedge because after writing a very considered response, it yeah. was met with deaf ears. So, you know. Right. Um, I, but most of the people yeah. would get back. Well, that was the same with, with in real life. And IRL. What, and, I, and remember I've told you this story before, but what people used to do was they would come in and they would be furious and we would um, – and they would say, well, I want to do this. And we'd say, well, that's actually, you know, that's, that's not humanly mm. possible. Like there's just no way you can do that. Uh, you know, the due date was five days ago or like, you know, you really do need to just fill out this one form yeah. and then you, you're in the – whatever the rule was. And they would go, oh, you just – you disgust me. You just get – you just sit here with your bureaucracy, blah, blah, blah. I demand to speak to your manager. And – we would say, oh, a manager's not here if the manager wasn't mm. here. And they'd go, you get me your manager. Mm. And, and I'd go, and we'd go, they, they, so we'd go, we'd go out the back mm. and we'd go, which one of you's going to wear the jacket? And there was a jacket in lost property that had been there for like 15 years. One of us, well, the, one of the ones who hadn't been out the front would put on the jacket and go out and say, hello, it's, <laughs> uh, it's nice to see. And they'd, they'd back down. Okay. Like they'd always back down. Because because all humans want is to go, I pushed it as far as I could push it and I... I want to be heard. I want to be heard and I want to be understood and I want everybody... And I, and I don't want to be, you know, I don't, I don't want there to be an unfair system because a lot of the time there really is an unfair system. I'm a complainer from way back to, to systems, as you know. Mm. I complain about parking fines. I complain about, you oh, know... Do you what? All that stuff because I think that, you know, if there's a, if there's a system that's not treating people fairly then the system needs to be tested but um it's just funny how i think a lot of that is to do with psychology like i wonder <laughs> if that person initially had said to you oh what there's a thing oh wow you know what you should definitely apply to get uh, a refund you know if that had been the first thing that had yeah. happened to you i wonder if you'd be I going in for a refund i was just bringing the I know. safe way to take off the stupid i know but tag. if they'd said look i don't know if there is mate but maybe you could would you like me to organize a refund do you know what i mean if you, if that had been the first thing then maybe you wouldn't be so furious about the the person in the shop said when after i was directed to call them from the uh, complaints department was what? oh you should probably bring our customer service. And I said that's who I just spoke to. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that they haven't got their uh, they're much like uh, uh, we've mentioned this, but much like Dreamworld when they had their catastrophe a, a little while ago, mm. they were uh, lambasted for not for some reason not having a crisis management plan in place. He like mm. in a corporate and um, PR way, you know, mm. like they mm. they were all over the place, and apparently it's de rigueur. That's French mm. uh, for uh, <laughs> companies to like to expect the worst and know how to handle it. You... What do you mean? Well, if for instance we I, I operated a fishing charter company, yeah, and uh, we we take off and then a person drops off the back of the boat and we don't realise and then we lose them, and we right. come back in and the media's waiting for us. There should yeah. be a, oh, a right. step by step response and process in place. To yeah. minimise, not to find the person that's fallen off the back of the boat, but to minimise yeah. the, the PR damage that can be done in the quickest amount of time. Yeah, mm. and the other thing is, see, my mate, I know I mentioned this with the actual when the actual um, accident happened, the dream dream world, is it or dream dream yeah. world? The, when that happened, that my mate used to work in 
um, risk management in in the actual planning mm. of it, not the legal side of it. In um, in like I can't remember which, but some some theme parks in Australia. And she said, and there are all sorts of like plans for what happens in an in an emergency. Mm. And she always said, uh, "There's no, there's not an explicit enough system across the board to freak people out into having to do that properly." Um, and that when you do something like that, it has to be holistic. So that that person, the person who my mate was, has to be talking to the PR person who needs to be talking to the. Uh, legal person who needs to be talking to the person who's on the boat with oh the God. guy when he goes off the boat. You know what I mean? Like it's needs to be hard. an actual holistic Just approach. Just make sure they stay on the boat. Well, so that's what – but that's what people say, Stu. That's exactly right. So what she said was that people – she'd go over and she'd be the least popular person in the whole – you know, she was the one like doing – Fire drills and stuff, and everyone was like, oh, "Come fire on, drills. you know what I mean?" Yeah, I mean, is there did you ever read that story? <laughs> did you ever read that story about the guy who predicted nine eleven? I how did he predict it? So there was a guy. We are going very long here, but be- be- <laughs> continue on. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a beautiful story. It's a New Yorker piece. Well, a lot of people have read it. It's old. But, but tell, what, tell um, us. I'd like at, to know as well. So it's a it's, it's a love story basically oh. between. Uh, this man, he was going for a jog and he was uh, running past him bare feet and this woman was like, what the hell? Um, and they were both kind of older. They both, I think, been married before and they fell in love. They kind of met and and this conversation started up and blah, blah, blah. But he was in charge of logistics for someone like Morgan Stanley or something yeah. or, you know, Goldman Sachs or whatever and um, in the tower. And he'd been in the army and stuff. Uh, he'd been in the armed, for- armed forces with another guy and they had an amazing friendship that's described beautifully. It's a fantastic piece of writing. Like I've read it several times. But how did he pick it? So what they did was they did an analysis of it. They went in there and he was hired to do sort of operational logistics and, and um, uh, oh. what's it called, you know, basically being a security the security dude for yeah, yeah, for called. um for whoever this was Goldman Sachs or whatever and he went in there and he said he he rang his mate and he said I'll pay you as a consultant to come down and talk to me look at this place what do you reckon's going to happen and they both said the same thing and mm-hmm. uh, they they were right um they said that someone of there were two predictions one was what happened like 10 years before remember when there was a truck in the basement and it exploded yeah. Um, and the other was, was in the basement, somebody. Yeah. I don't know. I, I get things like this wrong when I retell stories, but this is basically yeah. it. And the other one was that they thought it would be a. They didn't think it would be a passenger plane, but otherwise, that's what they said would happen. And um, basically, I can't remember how many, but like virtually no people from his company were mm. uh, left in the building. Like his he was fanatical and infuriated people drove everybody crazy and everyone in that um in that organization had it in their heads how to get out of the building and he just and and he got them all out like it's an it's an astonishing story i really recommend well it's not that astonishing lauren clark if you had have given us the actual date then i would have rated it what do you mean well, oh my god! If you had said on this date this will happen, then oh you know, this guy, he's god. worth the bucks. He wasn't Nostradamus; he was an operational <laughs> logistics guy. <laughs> that was Nostradamus. <laughs>
injustice is Stu Farrell. But Stu Farrell, uh, it's going to have to be an incredibly small injustice because we're supposed to be uh, out of here. Like we, the... we are going now. Yeah, okay. And unfortunately, Lossie. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> Should we not have we... played that theme? Is, uh, is the stupidly well, no. small injustice that there's no small injustice? Spot on. Right. <laughs> we're, not, we're never going to do small injustice. Much like we didn't do the mail yesterday, Lauren. Look, we've been a little bit haphazard, but at least we've uh, stumbled out of bed and, you know, coexisted in some formats, Stu Farrell. That is a joy to That's behold uh, for but everybody can I involved. People? Yes, you can. Linda, Tana, and Dave Hoshi, and Daniel uh, West Kerry, BC. They're all BC people. We're going to mention you in next week's bumper. Oh, here we go. Of Mailbag no, Monday. a promise has been made. You'll never hear from Stuart Farrell again. <laughs> no, no, we've got we've got uh, Japanese uh, bureau chiefs. Well, I'm saying they're Japanese, but I'm saying they're on the uh, the big place called Japan. Right, great, and, awesome. Uh, so we've got a J. A B, I thought we already did a J to B, but I don't uh, think we had a bureau chief there, did we? No, no, good. No, no. Okay, great. And a few other things, but that is all for next week. Um, now we do have official business solo on Clark. At least we got to hear that beautiful theme song. Yeah. What's yeah. the official business? Oh, of course, the place we that isn't what you said it was yesterday. Oh, that's right. We must thank this week's stupidly small podcast sponsor, and that is the 2016 Photo Imagery Grab Show. <laughs> wow. Start again. <laughs> the Photo Imagery Grab Show. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, barrel that cinema down like there in uh, some laneway in the city. Sounds no. like a... Sounds like a, re- a Donald Trump video was released. Uh, well, yes. Anyway, now, yeah. Look, let me start again. Yes. The photo imaging grad show opening night and season. It's yes. all happening from next Tuesday. One week to that. So exciting, Lauren Clark. I want to ask you, what is your favourite photo of all time? Uh, my favourite photo of all time. Just um, one. Just um, one photo. Oh, God. Oh, no, don't do that to me. I don't know. Well, I, I, I think I've mentioned, mentioned – uh, me, I can't speak. No, you can't. Mentioned to you off uh, mic mm. – um, one person that you are very fond of, and we have as just just by looking around at your abode, mm. like you talk about me and art, and um, here we go. Well, you talk about it all the time, really. Do you know what, Stu? But There's only what? one reason I mention you and art in a sentence together. And it's because you have made <laughs> me defend the arts so well, many times, and there is no bigger patron of the arts, especially photography, Lauren Clark. Mm. And when it comes to one photographer. Mm. Anne Gettys, I think you <laughs> must have the most framed Anne Gettys prints. I'm not even sure if you've got an original than any Anne other person Gettys. I've ever seen, including old sort of weird people that think it's cute. Now, Lauren, L- listen, out of I'd... all of the Anne Gettys uh, mementos, T-shirts, bags and prints that you own, you what is your one? Is, is your favourite the upside-down kid in a half-hollowed-out pumpkin or is it the one... Where it's a kid lying no, in like, a bath of milk with I a like cabbage four, on its head. Four or? babies, four babies in a pea pod. You know, and they're green. They've got little green beanies on. Oh them. yes. Is it, is it, have she got any blue babies? <laughs> Stu, you you jest about things like this, but you could do my art reputation some serious damage Look, there here. You know wrong that, don't with you? With Gettys, and I applaud you for liking the fact. You can throw a kid in a tub of dog food and call it, you know, chow time, and then it, it sells a billion copies. Now, Lauren Clark, wow. what, what? Wow, what? you really can't. But anyway, yes, one thing, one thing that you will not see next yeah. Tuesday at the 2016 Photo Imaging Grad Show, opening night with the free booze. 
Yes. Is any, I'm assuming, babies covered in paint, <laughs> unless for artistic purposes, and sat in like a veggie garden or given a big bonnet to wear. It's wow. happening down the Inner Space Gallery, Level 2, 160 High Street, Paran. Hyper local one for you this week. It's opening night Tuesday. It's running from the following Wednesday through to about the Sunday, I think. It's uh, the 23rd to the 27th, so you can do the math on that. Wow. We thank them, the Melbourne Polytechnic down there in High Street, Paran, and, of course, Fairfield, for being this week's stupidly small podcast sponsor. We love them from the bottom of our hearts. We can't do this without them. And we can't wait for the phone call letting us know what uh, what we got wrong today. <laughs> Stupid. Well, Ed Giddies is actually opening the, uh, the whole thing and it's a keynote speaker. I know. How to photograph <laughs> a baby in a pumpkin. By that would be terrible <laughs> that, if we just spent the whole time. <laughs> the height of it, wouldn't it. That would be the number one worst thing we've ever done. Uh, and we've done some bad stuff. Uh, we are excellent in every way and I will hear nothing mm. against us. Stuart Farrell and Gettys wants to find Ooh. us. You can find us at stupidlybig.com. We're stupidly big on Twitter and stupidly big on Facebook. And um, we are stupidly big in iTunes where you can give us a rating and a review and that's where we really get uh, from you a little bit of uh, help, really, because it, every bit helps. Stu Farrell, yeah. uh, will I see you tomorrow, my friend? Yes, fun fact. You know Ibiza is mm-hmm. absolutely pronounced Ibiza. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's pretty funny, don't you? Yeah. You're pretty cute that you think that's as funny as you do. Thank you. That is, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that is a classic Stuart Farrell joke. That's the kind of thing Stuart texts you at about one o'clock in the morning and then just like proceeds to completely think he's the funniest person in the world. Uh, please don't. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow, <laughs> my, my friend. Bye-bye. <laughs>